in order to be great, you got to think great. You know, you, everything you, you do, every detail matters. When you're putting forth an effort, you really got to think across the whole landscape of what you're trying to accomplish and making sure that it, not only the, the boxes are checked, but what, what more can I do? And how can we do it at a level that is A plus every single time? Never take a day off, never take a moment off, never take a possession off. I mean, everything needs to be up to a certain standard. When it's not, you know, he, he will let everyone know. With Coach K in particular, just the level of preparation. In order to achieve the right results and the great results, you have to just out-prepare everyone. You know, with anything, you got to put the time in, you got to think about things a little bit differently. Is everyone up to par and everyone performing their job at a high level? For him, as the leader of Duke basketball, he's never underprepared. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Pursuit, a journey in the life of sports. I'm your host, Chris Mongilia, Director of Men's Basketball Operations at Princeton University. This podcast is all about exploring the intellectual approach to maximizing your ability. We talk with accomplished professionals in the sports industry and learn what has allowed them to be able to succeed on their journey in the life of sports. The goal here is for listeners to collect as many high performance habits and behaviors as possible and then be able to adopt and apply them into their own lives and careers. On this episode, Casey Stevenson, who works for Teamworks, a web and app-based company, shared with us how his approach in the workplace is rooted from his upbringing as a kid and his association to being a teammate in sports. He describes how reflection and values led him to making important career decisions that have ultimately found him happiness and fulfillment professionally. The lessons that he pulled and carried with him from his time with Duke men's basketball are simple yet powerful, which I really appreciated him sharing. Throughout the conversation, it is clear to see that Casey values a team-oriented approach to achieving high success as a group, the ultimate team player. This was a fun and thoughtful conversation from start to finish, and I am pumped to be able to share this with you all. Our guest today is Casey Stevenson, who is the Enterprise Account Executive for Teamworks. Teamworks is a software solution used by both collegiate and professional teams across the country, which helps streamline and optimize their daily workflow. Casey is in year five with the company and held prior titles as an account executive and customer success manager. Prior to joining Teamworks, he held multiple positions within the Duke University Athletic Department. During his undergrad there, he was a student manager for the men's basketball team, and upon completion of his degree, he was hired as an operations assistant for one season and later promoted to assistant video director for the following season. Transitioning to the administration side, he also held positions as the assistant to the director of athletics and assistant director of Iron Duke Major Gifts. When planning for this episode, I tried to think back to my initial introduction to Casey, which was most definitely through Teamworks. We use the platform here at Princeton, and I was involved in the integration of it into our program. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the first interaction with Casey, which means that he had to have used some sort of businessman, Teamworks, magic mind trick on me to make me feel like we were longtime friends just to get me to sign on that dotted line. But uh we might, have to, we might have to dive into that trick that he played on me in this episode, but all kidding aside, uh, I now consider Casey a good friend, and that's why I'm excited to have him with us today. So Casey, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for taking the time for this conversation. Coach Monge, that was a heck of an intro. Uh, it certainly put me on a pedestal, um, but yeah, it's a, I'm fired up, man. It's an honor and a privilege to be, to be on the pursuit. I've, uh, I'm, I'm a listener, so uh, to be a guest, it's a Big honor. So I appreciate you having me, man. I didn't pay you to say that too. You actually do tell me that you listen. So I appreciate that. No, it's, it's, I'm, a, I, I'm subscribed. So I get the update. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it for sure. Nice, man. It's, it's been a, it's been like a month or so since we've caught up on the phone. So I'm glad that, you know, we're, we're getting to connect today. No doubt. No doubt. And going back to the original interaction, I think that, I don't know, uh, I can't remember exactly either. It, it might have been a cold call, though. I might have just picked up my phone and, and given you a call. And then uh, all we had to do was talk about hoops. And then <laughs> I knew that we could make, an, make a connection there. That was the plug right there. That was the plug. It's been, a, uh, it's been, a, it's been fun. You know, you're, you're one of the guys that um, 
you know, I've, I've gained a relationship and a friendship with, you know, just through the industry, uh, through, through what we have provided for Princeton. So uh, it's cool to come full circle like that. When you, when your work allows you to do that, uh, you know, you're in the right space. So oh, for sure, man, for sure. Before we, you know, dive in heavy, why don't you give the listeners a quick overview of exactly what Teamworks is and what it does for teams? I don't know how good my summary was. So no, it was, it was actually, it was actually pretty good. Um, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's a software platform. Uh, so uh, both, you know, accessible through, you know, uh, URL, so you can log on uh, on your laptop or, or website, but it's mainly used as a mobile app. And basically our platform helps, you know, as you mentioned, really manage a lot of the day-to-day workflow for both uh, athletic teams and athletic departments. Um, so we're working very focused on the Division One space, NCAA Division One, but also in the professional space as well. So we work across, you know, all five domestic major leagues, um, working with nearly two-thirds of the NFL teams, you know, NHL, NBA, MLB, MLS, um, working across the pond as well. Um, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, and the English Premier League, but also working with a few national governing bodies like uh, U.S. Soccer. USA track and field, um, uh, just to name a few. So all the workflow, all the messaging, all the scheduling, the paperwork, um, you go on the road, all the, the requirements to go on the road and, and uh, travel, all that stuff, all that administrative stuff is streamlined through us to make sure that we're kind of that central hub of information for teams and departments. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's it in a nutshell. And as the director of ops for Princeton men's basketball, uh, you know, you are primarily the main user. <laughs> that is a lot of stuff for sure. You know what? Just like listening to you talk about that, I feel like we used it at the NCAA tournament after we went my first year. And that's probably why I was like open to an email from Teamworks or from you or whatever the case may be. Because I think I remember I got the taste of it and I was like, oh my God, that was so easy. How do we get that all year long? Yeah, that's right. So with the NCAA, with the men's and women's basketball championships. There's a few things that we do, you know, with the teams who make the dance. So um, I think it's the paperwork and, uh, you know, a few scheduling things in terms of the host sites and all that, um, a few mess, you know, streamlining messaging for, uh, for the teams who, who do make the dance. So that might've been your first taste of it. Um, that was it. You know, that I think that typically, uh, any way we can get our foot in the door uh, for coach Monge. Yeah. <laughs> no, can you, uh, can you give us a little backstory of maybe the events and influences that land you at Duke for undergrad and then maybe the decision and motivations to becoming a manager for basketball? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I had the unique opportunity to grow up in the Raleigh-Durham area. So I moved around a lot as a kid uh, due to my dad's work. Um, my dad has been in the sports industry since the mid eighties. So when he was a young professional, um, and back in the day, you know, it was kind of the wild, wild west, uh, you know, it was kind of this new frontier. And so, uh, because of that, you know, we, we followed our dad with new opportunities that he had. Eventually we settled in the Raleigh Durham area. So we grew up, you know, 30 minutes away from Duke's campus. My dad and my uncle, I should, I should add, went to Duke. Um, so I was brainwashed, uh, at an early age, (laughs) Um, not, not really, but, uh, you know, being close and to, to campus, uh, it was easy to go to games and I'm um, just being around it. And, you know, naturally it's, it's hard not to, to become a Duke fan when you, you know, walk the campus and see Cameron and, you know, you watch them on TV. So, um, I, I guess organically I became a fan. So it was a, it was a lifelong dream for me to go to Duke. You know, I entertained the idea of, of going to different places you know, possibly playing either, you know, basketball or soccer at a much lower level. Um, however, going into my senior year, I made the decision that I want to apply early to Duke. I want to be a student. Um, and I got an early decision. So by December 10th, 2007, I knew that I was going to Duke. Uh, fast forward to being a student there. Um, you know, initially, I actually, my freshman year, I was not a student manager. Uh, I, I wanted to pursue just trying to be a student trying to be a student Um, I worked for the basketball team in a different capacity I worked in the office as as a work study but it just I I missed 
you know, I had a void of not being part of a team. Um, I had considered myself an athlete my whole life and I loved being a teammate and being part of something bigger than myself. And uh, fortunately I had built a, a pretty good relationship with the assistant coaches at the time. And uh, Steve Wojciechowski, um, Chris Collins, uh, coach Dawkins at the time, but he had taken the job, the head job at Stanford. But uh, the reason why I knew those coaches is because they were recruiting one of my high school teammates, one of my best friends and Ryan Kelly. And Ryan Kelly was a year younger than me. So when I was a freshman at Duke, Ryan was a senior in high school and they wanted me to be a part of his recruiting visit. Um, and just that exposure there, you know, they had talked to me, you know, you should, should be a part of the program. You should be a manager. Um, and I always, I, I don't know why I didn't pursue it as a freshman. I guess I just wanted to really focus on being a student, but that right there I was like I need I need to do this and um, so sophomore year on I, I was a student manager and uh, thank God every day that, that I did it was the best thing I could have done I was involved in practice um, you know I never wore the jersey but I still felt very much a part of the program some of my best friends to this day are you know the guys that I was in school with during that time so that's a little bit about how I you know got involved with the program. I didn't know the Ryan Kelly story. I didn't know that was the angle into getting you into to being a manager. That's really, that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. He, he, we, we were on the same team from my eighth grade year to my, my senior year in school. So we always, you know, we played five straight years together um, at the school that we went to. Um, and to see his growth uh, quite literally and figuratively as a basketball <laughs> player and not, you know, he's still playing, he's playing over in Japan and he's the leading scorer for his team. Uh, so it's, it's been fun to, to really to follow his, his uh, path and to be, you know, to be a part of it. What was it like being a manager for, for Duke men's basketball? Obviously like, you know, the top of the top in, in terms of college basketball programs. What we'll just talk about that experience a little bit. Yeah, it's uh you know, the, the objective of being a Duke manager, and I think with any manager is you, you don't want to be a distraction. You always want to be in the periphery and you want to, you want to help the program run without being noticed. And that, you know, they take that to heart. And so um, every manager at Duke, you know, takes the job extremely seriously. So that was the first thing in terms of the intensity towards the job and making sure that, you know, everything is to a excellent standard. Um, but on top of that, it's a team within a team. I mean, there's, there's 10 of us there, uh, and it, it's a pipeline. So there, you know, there's freshman managers who come in, who kind of earn their stripes. Uh, you apply for the job, you have an interview, um, you know, we get a lot of applicants, but, uh, the, the camaraderie amongst the managerial group is just like any other, you know, locker room and how the the players interact with the managers too. I mean, it's, it's not just players and managers and not two separate groups. They're really synonymous with each other. So, um, you know, the, the standard right away though, you know, with everything re regarding Duke basketball, that's the first thing I noticed. And, and even with, with the managerial staff, for sure. Who started the managers sprinting off the floor? I, just need, to, <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. And were you one of those guys? I, I was not, I would, I was afraid I was, I wasn't like a, a fast sprinter anyway. So uh, I wasn't, uh, I would have been, would not have been good in that role. I don't honestly know who started that. I feel like it's just progressively gotten more and more uh, emphatic every year. Uh, and maybe that's part of, I got to ask the managers now if that's part of uh, the tryout. Do they do a shuttle run or, or anything yeah. like that? But, it might be like a 40 yard dash after the interview. Yeah, it's like a combine. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you when that started. I do know, though, that the, the emphasis was get, a, you know, get out to the locker room as quickly as possible to make sure, you know, the team can get in and, and you know, again, stay in the periphery. That's not exactly in the periphery. That is <laughs> on every uh, <laughs> screen on ESPN or whatever the heck uh, broadcast they're on. But, yeah. It's funny how many times I've been asked that question because <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So l let's pretend you're, you know, Coach K or someone on that staff that vouched for you because it, it had to have happened. What do you think it was about 22-year-old Casey Stevenson that allowed them to look at you and say, yes, we need to hire him as our operations assistant? 
Yeah, um, it's a great question. I mean, I know, first of all, I'm incredibly lucky to, to be in that position. So, um, you know, it's, I, I count my blessings still every day that, that I was able to do that at 22 years old and, and all that. But I think first off, just the love of the game. I mean, I, I was all about it. I'm still all about basketball, but I, I was all about it. And I made sure I was intentional to spend a lot of time with the coaching staff, even as an undergrad, um, to help them out where I could whether it was, you know, advanced scouting or cutting up film or whatever, um, just to, to hopefully get my foot in the door. Um, but, but maintaining and uh, maintaining that relationship with the assistant coaches in particular, because that's who I was primarily working with, you know, coach, I was helping out coach, but he's really a CEO, right? He's, he's not in the weeds with everything. So um, I think the first thing is, Again, making sure I had an intentional relationship with the assistant coaches and uh, communicated to them my love and passion for the game and being proactive with um, certain responsibilities to help them where I could. So from your years as a manager and then two years on staff, what was your biggest observation or lesson that you keep with you from Duke men's basketball? There's so many. Um, I'm going to give you two. Two's good. The one one I've already talked about, and it's it's the standard of excellence. Um, in order to be great, you got to think great. You know, you, everything you you do, every detail matters. Uh, and so, when you know when you're putting forth an effort, you really got to think across the whole landscape of what you're trying to accomplish, and making sure that not only the, the boxes are checked, but what, what more can I do? And how can we do it at a level that is A plus every single time? Um, to, to kind of be more specific and give some context around that, you look at the schedule that Duke basketball plays and it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Coach is looking at this thing like this is the championship game. And never take a day off, never take a moment off, never take a possession off. I mean, everything needs to be up to a certain standard. When it's not, you know, he, he will let everyone know. Um, so I think just that standard of excellence is number one. Number two, with Coach K in particular, just the level of preparation. Um, in order to achieve the right results and the great results, you have to just out prepare everyone. And so, you know, with anything, you got to put the time in, you got to think about things a little bit differently. You got to think about things, you know, is everyone up to par and everyone, uh, you know, performing their job at a high level. But for him as the leader of Duke basketball, he's never underprepared. And uh, that was something that, that resonated with me a lot. That's, that's awesome to hear. And that was a good quote that you had. I might have to go back and uh, live my life by that one. What was it in order to be great? You got to think great. That's a good yeah. One. I was just, that was kind of off the cuff. I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. So what was the decision like to leave, you know, the coaching or team side of it and transition into the assistant to the athletic director? Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was, one of the toughest things that I had to really face in that I got in, I, I got in that job because I expressed that I, I really wanted to coach and I wanted to coach at the college level. And I was afforded a great opportunity and something that I will never, you know, if I, did, if I were 22 years old and I had that same opportunity, I'd take it again. No question about it. Um, However, I knew I wasn't 100% all in in, you know, making sure my bags were packed every April, knowing that the coaching carousel and Division One basketball, that's when it begins. And so, you know, you're, you're at a place like Duke University and Duke men's basketball in particular. I mean, it's, it's a pretty unbelievable bubble, you know, to be in. Was I willing to go and take, you know, a job as it, GA anywhere across the country and I really wasn't and I I, I I for whatever reason I like being you know in North Carolina at that time was I totally set on being a head coach or a 
yeah, ultimately a head coach. And I, and I wasn't, I was maybe 80% there or 90% there, however you want to measure it. But I knew that I had to be a hundred percent there to, to be in this industry. Um, so I got out, I got out early and I'm, you know, I'm glad I did. I, I loved every minute of my time with Duke basketball, but I knew I made the right decision for me and, and the path that I wanted. And, you know, it's led me to where I am today. Uh, not that I've made it by any means, but, you know, now I'm working for a startup company um, in, in the tech space in specifically collegiate athletics, a space that I think is really growing. We've made, a, we've made an impact. So um, it's led me to where, where I am today. I get to meet guys like you. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was a tough, man. It was a tough one. I had to, I had to look at myself in the mirror and really think. Um, long and hard about it and just come to grips with, you know, how do I honestly feel? I'm fascinated, fascinated by this right now because I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to explain why. Is there someone that helped you to that mindset of like having that realization? Because for seemingly a 24 year old to have that sort of perspective and that outlook on life to me seems very rare. And just like, no, being in the business right now, there's a ton of college coaches who are 80% in and still, you know, trekking around the country and, and being maybe a little bit unhappy with their situation because they're 80%, but their circumstance dictates that they're, you know, moving all over the place and maybe in a spot that they don't want to be in. So kudos to you to get to the spot that made you happy, but how did you get there? How did you land on that perspective? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely talked to a number of people, um, including a few folks on the staff, but really, you know, I, the first call I always make is my dad. Um, you know, I trust in him and, uh, he has a way of like, like a lot of parents, right. Really understanding their son or daughter, um, and asking the right questions. And sometimes the questions that you don't want to hear. Um, but definitely him, my high school basketball coach, a guy named Kevin Billerman, he played at Duke in the mid seventies, but he, you know, he had been, he's now going on his, I think his 20th year at, at Ravenscroft where I went to school, but he was a college coach prior to that. Um, and so he knows industry, he understands, you know, what it's like to be in those shoes. So uh, really those two, I spent a lot of time talking to, you know, along with, with the current staff and well, not the current staff, the, the current staff at that time. Yeah, Definitely. Was there something that like you had two years being, you know, a coach and an employee of Duke athletics, or was there something that you observed in the athletic department that you thought was like, okay, I could see this being my life. Like, is there something during those two years that you saw maybe with people that you were working with that attracted you? Yeah. And that's what I explored. I mean, that's why I wanted to work with Dr. White. Um, and again, he presented me with an opportunity to, to work for him and be his, you know, really his assistant. Um, he has, he has, uh, he calls it the suburbs. Um, Dr. White's a gem, but, uh, he calls the administration, the metropolis. Uh, but then he calls the two assistants who kind of run his life, the suburbs. And so I had this opportunity to work closely with, um, a woman by the name of, she's now named, uh, Armani Dawkins. She was Armani Rice at the time. She is the chief of staff now at Oklahoma, but she and I worked very closely together to to help Dr. White. Um, the reason why I bring him up is, you know, just the opportunity. He exposed us to so many different things, you know, obviously his life as an AD, but we're involved in senior staff meetings and executive staff meetings. And whether it was even as simple as taking notes, just that exposure, you know, gave us an opportunity to explore, okay, which part of college athletics, if I'm going to work on campus for a department, which, which part of athletics do I see myself in? Um, at that time it was, he, he had joined the, uh, basketball selection committee too. So helping him out with that and just having some exposure to that was, was pretty neat. So I was lucky in getting this, I guess, this kind of full view of the athletic department at the highest level and all the different branches, um, you know, the ecosystem that does make up a athletic department, getting exposure to that. With that being said, um, you know, the development side of things and fundraising side of things is where I went to next. And I had some, I had an opportunity to, to work with the Iron Dukes there in a major gifts capacity. So um, had I stayed 
in college athletics and who knows, maybe I'll, I'll go back and work at a department one day. Um, that would probably be the route. Um, but I feel like it's always changing. I feel like even in the last four years, the, the student athlete development space has grown so much. Um, so anyway, I, I was lucky to get that opportunity to work with Dr. White to have some exposure kind of everywhere. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see like you got a really broad view at an early age of kind of all the ins and outs of, you know, I mean, Duke men's basketball in its own right could be an athletic department, but then to be able to see how everything else works around it and, and all that, that's, that's cool. What, what was it like, you know, to leave the identifier of a program, right? Duke athletics, then to leave for the the company of teamworks seemingly whose aim is to have multiple programs under their umbrella. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was another tough decision. However, I was excited about it because the idea of helping build something was exciting to me. And, you know, at, at Duke or, you know, at Princeton, the brands are so powerful, right. That no matter what you do, it's still going to be Duke or Princeton. Yep. And so, um, the idea of working for a startup and, you know, it was, it was a well-backed startup. So it's not like I was in the garage, you know, with two other guys, like creating this app. I was a 30th employee. Uh, so there was some backing there and it was like, come in and let's help us build something. Mm-hmm. But what the CEO Zach told me is, you know, you're, you're, you're going to scrape your knees and you're going to feel it and that's okay. Um, but uh, the idea of building something was exciting to me, but yeah, whenever you leave a place like Duke, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's a great place. And uh, there, there's a reason why people, you know, want to be at uh, a place like Duke university or Duke athletics. So it was tough leaving and I, I made a lot of good friendships there, but the, the anticipation of being a part of something to grow uh, was, was uh, at that time, you know, very exciting for me. Was teamwork centered? It's, it's it's in Durham now, right? So was it centered? Was it always there? Is that like that had to play into it too, right? Like it's still you wouldn't have to move or anything like that. Yeah, it was it was in it was always in Durham. Um, that and you've been to the office, I think a few times now. Um, but uh, that office had just been renovated when I started in July of 2016. But yeah, it's always it's always been in Durham. Okay. Yeah. What was Teamworks like then, and what is it like now? Um, so in 2016, it was still, you know, there was still some kind of the ebbs and flows of being a young company and figuring out certain processes and, uh, you know, figuring out how to sell, you know, how to properly sell uh, a platform and how to build the right relationships you know, it's not as easy as, you know, calling someone up and, you know, they check the box and you pass it over to them. I mean, there's, there's, there needs to be a lot more, uh, there needs to be intentional thoughts and processes and all that, that, that needs to build. It's not going to be overnight. So, uh, you know, that first four months was hard because it wasn't as easy as, you know, just passing out free candy. So um, now I think the first thing is that we've grown in size to, you know, we've almost quadrupled our employee size. And so you feel that across the board. Our sales team though, is this really the same size. In fact, it might be even a little slimmer, but we've added more engineers. We've added more to our customer success team so we can serve, you know, our clients more. Um, so I think that, I think the number of, departments and teams and organizations in the athletic space that we're working with has, you know, been exponential. Um, But in a nutshell, I would say we have an identity and it's just like any, you know, you, you take a hoops team, you take a bunch of freshmen, they don't have an identity. They need to build that. They need to go through what it's like to fail and to, uh, to lose a few games and to get kind of get your <laughs> to get rocked right yeah. like you, you need to feel it um, but by the time they're juniors and seniors they have a better understanding not that they have everything figured out but they have a better understanding there's more camaraderie hopefully 
with the right culture. Um, so uh, I, that's probably the best analogy. I'm, I'm like a graduate. I'm like a fifth year senior now, that's uh, right. which is, <laughs> which is pretty funny to think about. How, like the vibe of Teamworks is like, I would love to let the listeners know that because it just feels like you're hanging out with your boys, you know, like your <laughs> friends, like that's, that's the vibe that you get from everyone. Let's see if I'm, my memory is, I believe Shay is someone that I had to get onboarded with in terms of like showing me that's how right. the app worked. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, this is one of the nicest human beings in the country. <laughs> she is. Yeah. I was just like, okay, that made me feel really comfortable. And I remember talking to you and being, you know, in the beginning stages of that and being like, okay, he's cool. Shay's awesome. And then, you know, everyone that I had dealt with moving forward was just very, very open and high energy. And like that, that was three and a half years ago now, I think at this point. So you were in that phase that you were just describing, but the people that, you know, Zach had hired must have been doing, that must have been a point of emphasis. Can you just talk about the culture at Teamworks a little bit? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that um, that's a that's been a point of emphasis for Zach from the jump is, you know, sometimes culture can be like overblown a little bit. It can be thrown out quite a bit. However, I'm a firm believer that culture matters. And especially, you know, when you're building a team. In this case, Zach was building a team and he wanted, you know, this was his baby. This is what he had created. And so from the jump, you know, culture was, was uh, a point of emphasis and setting standards, having a standard of excellence, you know, that I, I will give him credit. Uh, on top of that, it's, it's, you know, bringing in people who get it, you know? Um, and when I say get it, I mean, you know, Shay Wesley, she's a former softball head coach at the division one level. You know, she understands how to help other coaches because she's been in their shoes. You know, I've, I have a little bit of experience in the space and um, you know, out of the 110 people that we have under uh, under the teamworks roof, well now it's under our own roofs and connecting through zoom, but <laughs> get the idea. Um, a lot of them have some sort of experience in the collegiate space. Yeah. As a former athlete, former administrator, coach, director of ops, like whatever it is. So, I think that's really important. It's it's different than other, you know, software as a service companies and that you really have to understand the collegiate professional athletic space. Um, and that that goes a long way in serving our customers the right way. Um, so it's a we're we're a little bit of a unicorn in that sense. But you're right. I mean, it's you know, it is a vibe that we want to have camaraderie and um that's been the hardest part of this this uh, kind of this COVID time stretch is that sometimes going in the office is good just to be around your people. Um, mm -hmm. and that's been tough. So, but we get after it, man. We, it's, it's, we, we work, you know, we, we put, uh, we put the time in, but you know, there are times where it's fun to just kick it with, with the, with the team for sure. I definitely, I would say that I'm someone that's very interested in culture as well. And I hate how cliche it's kind of gotten at this point. Like I know there's, there's montages on Twitter and social media of whenever a new head coach gets hired in like any sport and they have a press conference, they always say like, we're going to change the culture and this and that. And like, it is a thing to an extent, but I'm always very interested in like how you make someone feel as being really important. And I know that everyone at Teamworks makes me, the customer, feel really, really important. And before I mess this up and pass this opportunity by, I also have to give a shout out to Lydia because she's, Lydia, yep. before I get in trouble by not dropping her name on the podcast, as someone else who's also just always like, whenever I have a question, um, and they're less and less these days now being in year four of, of Teamworks or whatever it is at this point. But, um, they, that's what it is. Like it's been, that's been huge for Teamworks is like, these people are awesome. They make me feel like I'm important every time I have a question. And like, I feel like I'm the only account that Lydia has. That's like the attention that I get. You know what I mean? So that's awesome, man. 
something from the culture side of things is like, how do you make people feel that you have to work with and, and all that? So. That's cool. That's awesome to hear from you too. Um, and that's the goal is, you know, there, there needs to be, there, there needs to be uh, a genuine relationship with the people you work with. Um, maybe not with everyone, right? Maybe on the other end, they're not interested in that and that's okay. But uh, I think that goes a long way in being able to help people out. And, and, you know, we, we tell you all the time, like, give us feedback, like, tell us, tell us what we can be doing better, like coach us up on, you know, and we'll, we'll take it. It's always a dangerous thing when people tell me that, because I'm always going to give my opinion once they open. But that's what, that's what we want. I mean, we need honesty. Um, And so, and we'll deliver it back, by the way. I think that's the, (laughs) that's the cool thing about, um, you know, how, how we've worked with people and certainly something that I've learned a lot, but I'll make sure I, I tell Lydia and Shay uh, both that hopefully they can, Hey, listen, it's an opportunity to get two more subscribers to the pursuit, to the pursuit. <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. You know? here, Casey. That's <laughs> I'm just thinking back to when I visited, when we played Duke and I came down and I did the podcast for you guys. Um, and I came into the office. I know, you know, the life of traveling on the road and going back and forth and getting in late at night, everyone was like, breaking my chops that it was like 8:30 in the morning that I looked maybe a little tired but my my brain was firing on all cylinders and I was just observing as I was walking through the culture of teamworks and I think I was walking with you Lydia I think Brad was there um I don't maybe Mark Mark might have been there also I can't remember but everyone was saying hi to each other and as I was walking through like you were saying I don't know anyone's name at this point but you're like hey Brian Hey, Stacy, you know, Hey Mike, like everyone was so happy. And I'm like, is this a show? Like, (laughs) is this like a joke right now? Or these people just really love being around each other. And it made me feel really good. Like that's, I don't know, man, that's one of the things that I'll always remember about Teamworks was like that vibe, like never lose that vibe, no matter how good, how big you get, man. Well, imagine once we, once we get back in the office, uh, you know, how friendly it's going to be. It's going to be a love fest, man. You guys (laughs) are people. Or people are going to forget how to interact with each other, one or the other. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I appreciate that observation, though. It's uh, That means a lot. It means, you know, we're doing something right. No, for sure. This isn't a podcast about Teamworks, by the way. I'm just yeah, you know, yeah. being honest. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, just to pivot, uh, this is a portion of the show called Quick Hitters, where we just try to get some resources from the guests and uh, see what they're interested in and what they, you know, may have been impacted in their life by. So, what are three books that you'd most likely recommend to someone to read? Um, <laughs> the first one is it. I'm, I'm a slow reader. That's okay. Admittedly. Uh, so this one took me a while cause it's pretty dense, but um, a former coach of mine, a, a, a assistant coach for my high school team. It's one of my favorite people in the world. His name is Phil Robinson, super smart guy played at Rutgers back when the dinosaurs were around. Um, but he recommended this book to me and I read it and it's called uh, team of rivals, political genius of Abraham Lincoln by Doris Kearns Goodwin. And basically in a nutshell, it's about how Abe Lincoln built his cabinet around the people that he ran against. And obviously, you know, a lot of people know the accomplishments of, President Lincoln, but you just think about how different that is uh, to the kind of the current political climate, not to make this a political show, but um, it just, you know, it, it was pretty cool. And talk about building a team. And, you know, I'm, I always associate things back to sports because that's what I love and know, but man, it's, it's good to, to build a team with not always this, the like-minded people and the people who will always say yes to you. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, you take an 800 book page book and put it into a minute. Uh, I think that's kind of the best way I'm capable of doing that, but it's a, it's a, it's dense, it's thick, but man, it is awesome. And I really, really would suggest that. Um, so that's the first one. I probably finished that maybe three years ago. Um, but it's still something that I refer to, you know, uh, back off. And the second one, so coach Mons, I'm a, I'm a dad now. So as of five and a half months ago, uh, my wife and I welcomed baby number one. So uh, little blue truck 
is another book. <laughs> okay. Uh, that uh, we read often. It's a quick read. As as heavy and dense as Team of Rivals is, Little Blue Truck is uh, that quick. But very much a story of friendship and helping uh, a friend when in need. Um, I won't spoil the plot of the story. I think it's worth going to take a look. Yeah, save that. Take you three minutes, but um, certainly about friendship and helping those in need, even those who are different from us. Uh, the last one, I, I can't claim that I read it. I audiobooked it. Um, but uh, do you know David Goggins? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> can't hurt me. Yeah. Uh, it's a New York Times bestseller. And you know, David Goggins is, I don't think anyone can really 100% you know, resonate with him just because of his uh, experience as a you know, Navy SEAL, as an ultra marathoner, I think an Army Ranger. I mean, he's done a lot. But um, you know, just hearing his story and hearing how he's pushed to, as he puts it, kind of callous his mind and, and callous his mindset and build his mindset and push to the brink of what you're capable of doing. Um, is always a healthy reminder. Not that I'm going to go run 20 miles a day. It's I don't think that'll ever happen. But we can always push ourselves to be a little bit more. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I put those bad boys, uh, I put the AirPods on and, and put that guy on and uh, during a run. And you, you do go a little bit faster. <laughs> you do go a little bit farther. But um, I would say those three, those, those three – can't hurt me is recent little blue truck is obviously recent team of rivals is, has been in the repertoire for a few years now all good choices all good choices what what about you what's the what's the latest thing that you're reading what am i reading right now so the david or, Gog- or just something recently or you know the david goggins book has been on my nightstand that i've been trying to get to um I've, what else, what's the most recent one that I read? I can't remember. Oh, I read Brands Win Championships. Um, that was something that I was, you know, researching for Princeton in general. Um, just I just bought a ton of books that I haven't gotten to yet. Can't remember them off the top of my head. But um, believe it or not, I've had like less time, I feel like, to read. Because every, everything's been so sporadic lately in terms of like no rhythm and no schedule. So you know, one day you wake up and you have no meetings and then you get the things that you, you know, need to do around the house or errands you got to run. And the next day you got like seven Zoom meetings and your eyes are starting to burn. So <laughs> I haven't been admittedly as good at, at the reading recently, which is uh, something I got to get back to. But Well, that's why, you know, that's why I suggest those children's books because they're, <laughs> uh, they're quick. <laughs> the, the funny thing is like people keep telling me to do audiobooks. I can't do that. To me, it feels like I'm cheating and I just do podcasts when like, when I walk, like I try to go for a walk right now. I'm on a 54 day streak of closing all my rings on my Apple watch. Nice. When I go for those walks, I listen to podcasts and that's like what I've been doing to try and enrich myself in that space as opposed to a book, because I like to take notes on the books and you can't do that. Okay. Book, you know, like I, yeah, that is tough. That is tough. And it, and Goggin's book too, he has like challenges at, at the end of each chapter. So I've had to, I've had to stop my run and just type them in notes. So it is a bit counterintuitive there. So yeah. point taken. <laughs> uh, most interesting follow on Twitter or Instagram for whatever reason, even if it's just pure comedy. During NBA free agency, Adrian Wojnarowski, I turn the alerts on. I need to see the Woj bombs. Um, Twitter, uh, uh, Rex Chapman uh, has been good over the last two years. It all started with the the blocker charge. He's a he's a great follow on Twitter. Great he's, follow. Yeah, great follow. Um, you know, social media over the last three months, especially, has been a little bit exhausting just because of because of the election. So it's been easy to like kind of shy away from it. Um, it's, it just can be so negative sometimes, but. Uh, Rex does throw a lot of positive videos up, which I, which I love. Yeah. On the gram, um, there's a guy named Jesse Itzler who he actually, so do you know who Jesse is? I've, I've heard the name. I, when you tell me what, is it, what it is, I'm going to remember. He's like this, 
longtime entrepreneur, um, did, did something with, uh, I think Marquis Jets, um, God, I'm, I'm totally blank on what his big break was, but just this, this great, this entrepreneur, he married Sarah Blakely who invented Spanx. So they're doing, they're doing just fine in life. <laughs> yeah. But um, Jesse is the man. Like he's a, he's a great dude. He actually, you know, Coach K had what's called K Academy. It's like a fantasy camp. And Jesse came for a number of years. Um, so he, we got to, you know, do basketball, got to know him pretty well. Mm-hmm. But he has a saying called build your life resume. That's a kind of the motto that he lives by. So whether it's physical fitness or, um, you know, he actually had, David Goggins before he was like known to the world as David Goggins live with him for 30 days. Oh my goodness. So he, he has a book called um, living with the seal and it's, that's a quick read. It's an awesome read though, but Jesse's just cool. Cause he's, he's positive. You know, he, he makes you think he, he, um, you know, that this idea of building your life resume is, you know, makes you want to kind of do more. So mm-hmm. he's a, he's a good follow as well. Yeah, I think a couple of my friends follow him and I see like them share the IG story. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I follow him. I got to give him a look. Yeah, he's, he's worth a follow. The, uh, the other one is Humans of New York. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but I think I can figure it out. It's, it's actually pretty, it's pretty fascinating. And <laughs> like there's, it's this guy, I guess, who goes around and takes pictures of people, but like he interviews people. And he puts a cat, the caption is kind of their life story. Wow. So you get a wide range of people, but. Um, what a diverse yeah. answer from that, from you. Yeah. I mean, everything else is sports related. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Twitter is my, Twitter is my go-to source of information. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the quickest way to get up to speed on what's going on. <laughs> Most meaningful speech or quote or saying that you've ever heard and why? Um, do you know about the man in the arena? I do know that. Yeah, I do know that. So Teddy Roosevelt, I think it's, it's a caption or a part of a speech. Um, it's a part of a speech from citizen citizenship in a Republic, which I can't tell you that I've, you know, listened to the whole thing, but (laughs) the, the man in the arena is, is a popular, um, segment of that. And just, you know, not to like go verbatim on it, but the idea of, you know, being, being in the thick of it, don't be on the sidelines. And, um, you know, the, the guy who is in the arena is going to fail and, but it's about the journey of getting to where you are Mm -hmm. rather than just talking about your accomplishments. So, uh, that one, that one, you know, actually coach, coach Wojo had that, uh, framed. And it was always on his desk. And so whenever he came in, you know, I always referred to it. Uh, so I always associate Steve Wojciechowski with Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I, could see, I could see that from him. Like he played yeah. like that. That was his like playing style. He coaches like that now too. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Well, very unique quick hitters from Casey Stevenson. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, just getting back into the conversation. Um, you said something earlier when you said, you know, associate things back to sports, like that's what you do. Cause you always identified as an athlete. What aspect of your job do you associate with sport now? And like, how do you, what do you get competitive with and what do you tie back to your days on a team? It's a good question. I mean, I think if you, with any company, but I think with what we're doing, you know, during kind of a uncertain time and we're not sure what it's going to look like in terms of, you know, the, really the financial climate um, as it relates to athletics, you still need to do your job. And I think the idea of, okay, what is my responsibility? Am I, uh, you know, am I the screener today? Am I going to rebound today? You know, what's my primary objective, but knowing what your primary objective is for the greater good. I mean, I think just that that's probably the biggest thing I associate with what we do and what I do back to back to sports. So probably a cliche answer, but 
No, I think it's, I think it fits though. Like your experiences are that, you know, yeah. you're, you're in a role right now. You said earlier in the, in the conversation that you, you know, help the program without being noticed. And that's a very like, you know, a humble answer and a humble approach. And that's a manager approach to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of fits and makes a lot of sense. Um, no matter like how much you enjoy your job. And I, I always get the vibe that you do. So either you're lying and you're really good at it or you enjoy <laughs> your job. Um, there's always going to be something that you love or hate, right? Like I love my job here and there are certain things that I hate that I have to do. And I think that's anywhere, any, you know, space of life. What aspect of your job do you find yourself like the happiest where you forget that you're working? I mean, not again, I'm, I'm going to pump your tires here, but just moments like this, like, are you kidding me? You're at, you asked me to be on your podcast. It's like when I get an opportunity just to catch up with someone in the industry that I've built a relationship with. And that that's why I like my job. Cause it's not about always like, Hey, you know, buy my software and, and it's not always selling you something and Hey, you know, here's an upgrade. And it's, you know, I don't want to be that used car salesman down the road. Um, nothing against used car salesmen. Uh, but it's more so the relationship building and the opportunity to just, you know, call Chris Mangilia up or call Adam Fletcher from Illinois up or Jeff Capel up and just be like, Hey man, like how's, how's everything going? And you know, what's just having a conversation. I think that's, that's the part of it that I, that I love. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting paid to be on this podcast, by the way. Just <laughs> <laughs> so you're not really working right now. But I understand what you're saying, the relationship side of things. Like I, I told you before we hopped on, you know, recording live that we're working on some stuff up campus right now, right? Where we're working some businesses and trying to get some memorabilia of Princeton basketball into their businesses to display, you know, on the campus community. Like it's something that we have time to focus on right now that we don't usually have time to focus on. And what I'm realizing is how maybe the relationships over the course of my four years have made this like, seemingly very simple for me. I have a relationship with this owner because we've been there a couple of times. They've come to a game. I've done a favor for them. Uh, we had a visit at, you know, official visit where recruits and their families come and they've hosted us and saved us a table. And we've been very grateful to them. And all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, whatever we can do to help men's basketball out. Oh, Chris, thanks for doing this. Appreciate you on here. And like that you giving that answer made me think about that a little bit. Cause I've been reflecting on that a little bit myself. The last couple of days is like, it was really fulfilling for me to do that. Like I was technically working before we got on the call. I had a meeting with someone up campus to find out, you know, some, some of the things we're working on. And I remember being like, technically I was just working right there, but all I did was have a conversation with a gentleman who owns a business that, you know, we're seeing if we can work together on something else. And that's, it's a good answer, man, that you didn't pump my tires just to, you know, <laughs> that's good. Well, it, do you think this time, like not only within Princeton, but like, do you think the, the time that, you know, over the last eight months, let's say it's given you an opportunity to, to catch up and to connect with people in the, in the industry of, you know, men's college basketball mm -hmm. more than you have before. So my answer to this is probably, I'm not going to pump my own tires here, but I don't think I'm going to give an answer that most people would say. I don't think I did that. And I've never been that person. Um, similar to how you said you weren't the guy who was a hundred percent committed to having his bag packed every April. Like I'm not that guy either. Um, I'm a hundred percent invested in Princeton basketball and Princeton athletics and this is where my home is. And until someone knocks on my door or something pops up on my radar, that is, yes, that's me. Like, I don't see myself leaving, you know what I mean? Um, but what was interesting that I observed in the beginning starts of, of pandemic quarantine, where like we were really locked down the whole country was I was getting hit up by more people than I had ever been hit up in my entire life. And I think people were being really intentional of like, okay, well, everyone's sitting at home, they're by their cell phone, they're not running around, like, this is my time to network a little bit. And not that some of it was disingenuous, but like, it felt very forced to me. And not, I'm not a forced guy. I'm an organic, like, oh, I ran into you guy. I'm a organic, like, I really liked you. So I'm going to reach out to you guy. Like a lot of that stuff. I was just like, okay, I got to have another conversation with this person because they got my email address or 
whatever the case may be. But like, I think I connected to answer your question was, I think I connected with the people who I thought mattered and I maybe haven't been as in contact with as much um, from a business perspective. Like I remember you and I had, I had reached out to you or you re- reached out to me and I was like, yes, I, I, like, I like Casey. This isn't, this isn't like a business transaction happening. Like this no, is combo. two okay. people just having a conversation. So no doubt. No doubt. Cool. What, um, what character trait do you think has been the most important for your success? Like it's hard for people to answer this question because they don't like to think of themselves. Maybe sometimes it's successful, but you are. And like, what, what do you think makes you good at your job? Um, I think two kind of two areas where I, I want to, I pride myself and I want to continue to get better because there's, there's always room to grow, but um, the first thing is just being well balanced. Um, not to get existential on you, but I'm a Libra, and the, the Libra sign is that that scale. And so I've always prided myself on being capable in a number of different ways. Um, now, it would benefit me to be really, really good in like two or three of those, but I know that I can be relied on as like a utility infielder. Um, and really anywhere, uh, especially, you know, obviously at Teamworks, but um, I, I think just being well-balanced and, and knowing that I can, whether it's internally and being able to communicate and connect with multiple people across the company, but then also externally as well. Uh, I think that's something that I take pride in and I've always, you know, taken pride in. I give my parents a lot of credit because back in when I was, growing up and in school they always emphasize you know it's not just about sports it's about you know bust your ass in the classroom and do the best you can you know be involved in fine arts Uh, I was in the band you know and I was pretty pretty good too Uh, (laughs) so you know having that balance and you know I think it's it's important for me professionally and personally but then secondly the the ability to listen I think it's a trait that is uh, it's a trait that is becoming harder and harder to develop as uh, time goes on. And I'm not sure you can pinpoint as to why that might be maybe because there's more distractions, uh, you know, with technology or whatever, but, you know, being intentional about listening and, you know, really understanding not sometimes listening can hurt and, uh, not taking those things to heart all the time, but um, I would say those two things in particular, uh, being able to listen. And I think as a result, that makes you more coachable as you can adapt to it, but then also, you know, the ability to be well-balanced and kind of everything that you do. Yeah. I think that kind of aligns with a lot of the answers that you've been giving um, in terms of like being a team player, being someone that wants to help the team, but doesn't get noticed. Like, you know, director of ops, like you've been around it. Like that's what you have to be is well-balanced and being able to, you know, solve problems that you didn't think you were going to have to solve or figure out ways to get things done that, you know, exactly right. I had um, (laughs) an instance yesterday where basically the chief of staff for our athletic department, like the, the main person who gets Kim gets everything done here for, for Princeton athletics. She's our athletic directors. Like, right hand everything Kim can get anything done she is the most well-balanced and Swiss army knife person in the department and we had to do a webinar last night with our student athletes and she called me up and was like I can't figure out how to get it to say 615 it says 630 it won't let me pick this and whatever and I was like okay I'll log on and here I go and I go in there figure it out get 615 she's like oh my god thank you so much blah blah whatever so I was in the same room, socially distanced with our multimedia guy. He was in the other room and he's like, how many uh, director of ops for, for college basketball programs do you think we'll get a call from uh, the chief of staff of the athletic department asking how to solve a webinar question? I was like, hey man, whatever whatever helps out Princeton Athletics, like that's what I'm here to do. So yeah. um, the well-balanced side of things is something that I resonate. And I think that's a team player quality. 
Like, I think anybody who gives that as an answer is someone that's just like, you know, whatever I can do to help everyone out. So yeah, you got, you got to know a little bit about everything. Uh, you know, whether it's getting the action, like you said, or, you know, doing it on, you know, looking that up on your own. So I think it's a, it's an important trait. Yeah. And I have, for the record, I have no idea what a Libra means. I have no clue. That just means I was, it means I was born in October. Yeah. And and (laughs) that's about all I know too. Let's just, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down because the fact that people think there's personality traits based off of the month that you're born in, I think is crazy, but that's just, that's another thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can have a whole separate episode on that. Cause Um, I mean, at the end of the day, me and my sister are born in the same month and we're totally different. So that just, that makes everything erroneous, but (laughs) moving on. Um, I just have, I got one question for you and then uh, we can wrap things up. I'm just kind of fascinated by this a little bit right now. So let's just say a group of your coworkers are brought into a room, right? All the, the teamwork's happy, jolly people I just talked about and praised earlier on. They're all in one room and they're asked the question, what is it like to work with Casey Stevenson? How would you want them to answer that question? Uh, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but just, he's, he's a team player. You know, he, he makes us better. He makes me better and he cares. Um, you know, I think that's, that's what I hope. And that's, that's the impact that I'd like to to have on my teammates and, and the people that I interact with, um, just to know that I had their back. I continue to have their back. I hopefully can make them better in what they're doing. Um, but just being a, a steady presence for them. Uh, that's, that's what I hope. So hearing that as your answer, like your desire for that answer to happen, how do you think that aligns with your values and decision-making daily while being in the workspace? Yeah. Um, I would say that again, it's, it's probably not something that, it's like always on the forefront of my mind. I think it's just been ingrained with me from a young age. And so, um, you know, in terms of making the right decision and, you know, if I, if I'm, if there's a situation where I got to make a decision, I think ultimately it's about, okay, what do I need to do to, to help? And, you know, I'll be honest, man, like at the beginning of COVID, it was tough. It was tough. It's been tough for everyone. Right. But um, we had to do as a company, not that we're going to go under or anything like that, but it presented issues. And so we had to make sure we're doing everything we could to help our current customer base. But then also it's a business and we got to get people in the door and we got to make sure that we're presenting our value to, to people, no matter what, no matter this uncertain time. And so the work that we did from March to June was like all hands on deck. Let's go. Like we got to do everything we can to, to show people that we can help amidst this crazy chaotic, uncertain time. And so it, it wasn't just me either. It was everyone kind of bonding together to be like, we got to do everything in our power while being remote. Mm-hmm. So in terms of communicating internally, it's like zoom meetings and like make, you know, and figuring that process out. But um, in terms of making decision and, and being, uh, you know, face to face with adversity, it just naturally goes back to, all right, what do I need to do to pull my weight? But then what can I do to, to be a good teammate? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've given that answer a few times, but, uh, pretty steadfast. And then again, it's not something that, you know, I have to write down to remind myself I'm, I've been fortunate to be raised the right way. So uh, I think it's just natural for, for me. And then I'll say a lot, a lot of people who work at Teamworks as well. No, man, you're not giving the answer a lot. That's just, it's ingrained in who you are. So that's just evident of, you know, yeah, some would view your job as a little bit out of the sports world, right? Because you're not associated with a program or with a team, but it just shows how Teamworks and your approach really is, you know, basically what you said earlier was that associate, you associate by bringing it back to sport. And that's what it is, like a teammate. And uh, no, it's for sure, man. That's a, that's a good answer. I appreciate that. So, well, that's all I got for you today, man. I appreciate you coming on. It's been, uh, it's been good learning a little bit more about Casey Stevenson that I didn't know about before in the past. And uh, 
it's uh, it's been good to catch up and hopefully you know who knows what's going on but like would love to get down to durham and see you guys at, down at the teamworks office sometime soon man. we know you're you're welcome anytime obviously well not i shouldn't say anytime we're actually we're closed the rest of the year uh we're working remotely and probably a little bit into 2021 as you suspect but um yeah man thank you uh and kudos to you i give you a lot of credit for starting this up and again i've really enjoyed listening and hope hopefully i did uh the pursuit justice um, no, you did you did man it's uh everyone's gonna enjoy listening to this one for sure cool well chris i appreciate it and uh we'll talk soon all right man take care all right brother